Hello and welcome to The Count, a podcast on the latest news and views from the world of boxing. We're here for episode number three. And again, just like our last episode, we're recording a few days after a dramatic weekend of boxing. Of course, Anthony Joshua took on Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, at the Madison Square Garden in New York on Saturday and suffered a shock defeat in the seventh round. He was put down four times in the fight and lost his heavyweight belts to the Mexican, of course, Ruiz Jr., becoming the first ever Mexican heavyweight world champion. Um, and here to talk uh, with me about that and the undercard, of course, is uh, just like for the last two episodes, it's Harry again. How you doing, mate? Doing all right, thank you. Yeah, big shock on the weekend. Yeah, you can say that again. Um, of, of course, you know, the, the bookies really gave Ruiz Jr. no chance. Some putting him as, as sort of high as, I think, 11-1 to 1 outsider for this fight. Uh, I think for, for most people, it was just a question of, how soon Joshua can get him out of there, rather than if there was any chance of Ruiz Jr. coming away with a win. But a lackluster Joshua did suffer defeat in the seventh round, uh, as I said, after being knocked down four times. Um, what did you make of the fight? Because, of course, it's a big shock. Um, it, it, do you think it's more down to the bad performance of Joshua or the excellent performance of Ruiz Jr.? Um, I think it's a bit of both. You know, I think Ruiz Jr., I wasn't wasn't going along with the people who were saying you know it was going to be the easy fight for Joshua. I think it, it could have been if he fought you know to, uh, the way we've seen him fight in the past, uh, where he's dominated opponents in the past. But you know Ruiz Jr. is is a very quick heavyweight. You know it is you look at him and you think he's just a fat bloke who stands no chance. But mm. the speed he's got is uh, very impressive, and I think you know he, it was always going to be a fight that if Joshua didn't take it 100% seriously, if he you know, if he just didn't follow the, the plan that he'd set up with his trainer beforehand, you know, he would, he could, he could come unstuck. And, uh, you know, he, he did. And I think Joshua certainly was far from his best. You know, it was a terrible performance from him. You know, whether there was something else going on there, we don't really know. But we may never know. But I think uh, certainly he, he didn't look right in there. But Ruiz took his chance, you know, after the, the Ruiz got knocked down. I don't think there's many fighters out there who would... Uh, you know, be brave enough, be fearless enough to just get straight back up and come straight back at Joshua having been knocked down. And, you know, that was the only way Ruiz was going to stay in that fight because if he didn't do that, I think he probably would have ended up being knocked out in that round. But, you know, he, he wasn't really hurt. Joshua uh, seemed maybe to, to go for the kill when I think it was a bit uh, a bit early. You know, Ruiz wasn't hurt from that knockdown. Joshua went in there thinking he was just going to blow him away and, uh, you know, got left himself exposed and got hit and got hurt. And yeah, I think he, uh, I think Joshua underestimated him. You of course mentioned that sort of dramatic third round in which both fighters uh, went down. Of course, Joshua, a beautiful combination, putting Ruiz Jr. down. I think most people thought the fight was probably going to be over after that. Um, it was sort of going exactly to script um, up until that point. But um, Joshua appeared reckless to try and finish off Ruiz, maybe to try and um, almost match um, the emphatic. Uh, the emphaticness of uh, Wilder's uh, performance against Brazil just a few weeks earlier. Maybe that was playing on his mind, trying to to to, to finish off Ruiz as emphatically as uh, Wilder finished off Brazil. Um, but it ended up backfiring massively because he got caught uh, with a big shot and he never really recovered. And I think there's been a lot of um, boxing fans sort of sort of coming up with sort of conspiracy theories, I suppose, trying to explain this uh, defeat for Joshua. But do you think it's just a case of Ruiz Jr came in, gave it his all, and maybe Joshua took his eye off the ball a little bit, caught, caught with a shot and couldn't recover. And maybe, maybe, the, the better fighter just won on the night. Yeah, I think you know, there's a lot of uh, weird sort of rumours going around and people suggesting 
you know, he was knocked out in sparring by, by Caballel or something the, the week before. And, mm. you know, if you look at it, there were a few, uh, you know, strange incidents during and, and before the fight. You know, he was late out of his uh, dressing room. You know, he was getting a neck massage just before the fight. And, you know, after the fight, Anthony Joshua's dad was seemed to be, you know, having to go at Eddie Hearn or something. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't mm. seem right. But at the same time, you know, Eddie Hearn has denied everything. So, you know, he's denied any of that that went on, any uh, sort of sparring incident or anything. So we have to just accept that, you know, for, for the time being, until we, we hear otherwise, that Joshua was okay, Joshua was fine, and it was just, you know, the better fight they won in the night. I think Joshua mm-hmm. just took his eye off the ball a bit. You know, you saw him with the, uh, you know, letting Ruiz pose with the belts in the, in the way in beforehand. You know, a lot of people thought that was, you know, a, a nice sort of sporting gesture. But personally, I thought, you know, it, it, as much as it showed that Joshua, you know, is a nice guy, you know, it, it, I think it just looked like he, he was take, he had taken his eye off the ball and it looked, it almost said to Ruiz, you know, I don't think you're a threat. And, mm. you know, that, that's, that's not really what you want to do. You don't really want to, you know, let somebody know that you think that, that you're just going to, you know, take them out early and, and be, be just too good for them because Ruiz, Ruiz is not, uh, you know, Ruiz is not you know, a bum or anything, you know, he's not, uh, that the, uh, the level of some of the guys that Joshua early on in his career was you know, blasting out in, in a few rounds, you know, it was always going to be a tough fight if he uh, took his after ball. And I think you know that that's something like getting imposed with the belts in the the way and just just didn't sit right with me. And you know I think that and the way he uh, seemed frustrated after the first round, went, you know, after having not been able to you know, really land much on him in the first round, he seemed frustrated almost as if he thought you know he would just uh, walk through him early on and. You know, he didn't look like he'd trained uh, for, for a 12-round fight or anything near that. And, you know, he looked like he'd trained to, yeah. to have him out there in, in you know, three, four rounds. And mm. I think, you know, he, he just made a big mistake. I think, I don't know if it's down to just him or, you know, his, his team or whatever. You know, maybe you need to, a change of trainer or something. I'm not sure. But I think you have to give Ruiz a lot of credit because he was fearless in the fight. He, he totally yeah. believed he was going to win. You know, a lot of people against Anthony Joshua, they go in there and, they don't really believe they're going to win. They're just sort of looking for a payday or something. You know, even people like uh, Joseph Parker, when he fought him, you know, Parker didn't do a lot in the fight. You know, it seemed like he almost didn't really believe he could win. And whereas Andy Ruiz is, went in there and just thought, you know, that my only chance is to just try and try and knock him out. And, you know, I'm just going to go for it. And it, yeah. it was really impressive. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm looking at the, um, I'm actually just looking now at the video of um, Anthony Joshua uh, sort of just before the fight in the ring. And I've got to admit, like, as much as people are always going to try and explain away things, his body language seems very odd. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it just it, it just seems so bizarre. Uh, sort of just chewing his mouth, looking down at the canvas. Just he looks like a worried man. And that for yeah. somebody who's twenty two and zero, unified heavyweight world champion. I just, I, I, I just do think there must have been something in the build up. Just something, surely. To, to take him, knock him off his stride a little bit in the build-up because this doesn't look like the Anthony Joshua I've seen in previous fights before the fight coming in confident and we've seen him in Wembley with the big uh, AJ fire display and you know all that you know this, this is just a totally different um, situation and I I actually I, th- I think something in sparring something in training an injury something I I don't know um, but he just something just that made him not confident coming into this fight um because as much as he taught the, the game coming into it, how he was going to try and sort of better Wilder's performance against Brazil, I'm not sure he ever looked that confident. And again, you look at his body language when in the corner, uh, in between rounds with Rob McCracken, his mm-hmm. trainer, 
he looks vacant, he looks a bit lost, he looks a bit sort of like he doesn't know what's going on, uh, and, and almost the, the fight's completely out of his control. And again, those are, these are worrying signs, and also what I'd say is worrying for Joshua moving forward is I think there's been a lot of comparisons drawn between the big sort of upsets of the past. We're talking Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas, uh, Lennox Lewis, Vladimir Klitschko, their sort of early defeats, their shock defeats. I think a lot of the time in those instances, it may have been a lucky punch. And I think really Joshua was for many rounds in this sort of beaten up a little bit by by Ruiz. Um, and that will be a concern uh, massively. And again, um, I think there could be an argument to say that sort of the styles don't, you know, don't mesh well together well for Joshua, and it just could be a nightmare. Ruiz just be a nightmare star for him. Um, you know, obviously the rematch is going to inevitably go ahead. Uh, Eddie Hearn has, has all but sort of confirmed that for maybe later this year. Um, can you see AJ coming back um, again? You know, there've been, as I just mentioned, many fighters who've lost fights in the past. Doesn't mean the end of your career because you've lost one fight, but you you do fear. For AJ's career, if he loses the rematch, do you think he can come through that and, and bounce back? Uh, yeah, I definitely think he can. I think just going back to your point about what was wrong with, with Joshua, I think perhaps it was simply just the fact that you know it was in America and he just wasn't used to it. You know, he just yeah, you know, throws on on the, on the stage in America. You know, there was a lot of pressure on him, put by you know, by people like Eddie Hearn and, and people to to you know to make him look good. You know, Eddie Hearn said a lot in the build-up that this wasn't just about him beating Ruiz Jr. It was about him looking good in the process, especially yeah. after. Uh, uh, Wilder's uh, knockout of Brazil. You know, he, he needed to look good, and uh, obviously, mm. he, you know, he lost the fight. But you know, he uh, there was a lot of pressure on him, and mm. I think you know that that may have been uh, a factor. But certainly, the rematch it looks like it's going to be in the UK. Uh, Eddie Hearn wants to make it in the UK, and I think that would certainly uh, give Joshua a, a big advantage. Uh, he'd be back in his comfort zone, whether it is you know Principality or. Wembley, who knows, but he'll be back in the UK and everything will be, be you know, as it was for him. You know, going to the US, you know, they do do things differently there. You know, there's different uh, protocols and things. And I think maybe that and coupled with, you know, the time difference and, and things like that, you know, maybe that just, you know, was, was a factor. And, hmm. you know, yeah. back, in, back in the UK, you'd certainly, well, I'd certainly back him in the rematch. I know there'll be a lot of people who say, well, he got put down four times and, you know, Ruiz is just a better fighter. But I think... You know, Ruiz, as good as Ruiz is, you know, we can't discount what Joshua's done in the past. You look at his fights against, uh, you know, Povetkin, Parker, Klitschko. I know there were moments in, certainly, obviously, Klitschko yeah. got put down. And Povetkin, in fact, there were a couple of, you know, scary moments for him. But he, he won all those fights. And, you know, he, he won and, you know, he looked good at the times during those fights as well. And, you know, he can't discount that. And so, certainly... I think in the rematch, he, he has to be favourite. You know, I've seen the odds. He, you know, he's certainly not as big a favourite as he was for, for, for this fight. But he, he's already in the early odds for the rematch. He's still uh, quite a big favourite to, to win. So, yeah, I, I'd certainly be backing him to win. But And also, you know, he has to. And he has to look good as well. And he'll know that. He'll know that he has to, to really knock him out in the first few rounds to send a message to, to people like Tyson Fury and Jorante Wilder to say, you know, he is a, a serious contender. And, Mm. Yeah, he has to look good. There's a lot of pressure on him, but I believe he uh, he, he can beat. What sort of changes does he need to make in the in the build up to this rematch? Of course, over the next few months, is there going to be? You talk about the pressure in the build up to to the fight in the US. I mean, if if you thought that was pressure, you know, coming into this fight, yeah. um, his sort of career's on the line. Um, what changes do you think he needs to to make? Um, 
people have been questioning Robert Kraken. I'm not sure on that. I'm not sure whether, you know, if, do you throw the baby out of the bathwater? You know, he's, he's done well so far as, a, as his trainer. Um, you know, he's got him from a, a good amateur to a good pro to a world champion to a unified world champion. I mean, you know, do you just after one defeat rip it all up and start again? I'm not sure. Um, but what change do you need to make? Do you think... I mean, obviously work on the defence because I think there's been a, a few now question marks over over his chin, um, how he can hit a shot. Maybe he's uh, more um, sort of prone to 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 being to sort of being hit, um, and his defence maybe is a little bit weak. Um, and also, uh, he looks a bit top heavy. Maybe you're lifting too many weights. What what changes do you think he needs to make over the coming months, if any? I mean, do you think he needs to just stay the same and just Hope for the hope for hope for the best in the in, in the rematch and hope that it was the rematch goes as everyone thought the first fight would go. Uh, well, I think certainly one thing that you, you must do from from now on in for all his fights is is make sure he's prepared to for a twelve round fight. You know, against Joseph Parker, he was uh, prepared for twelve rounds. You know, but in this fight, he, he looked completely different to that. You know, he, he looked like he was just in there. Gassed early. Yeah, gassed early and looking for for the early knockout, and you, you can't do that. You know, in the heavyweight boxing, especially against someone like. Uh, Andy Ruiz, who is, you know, a, a serious contender, even before, uh, you know, before that win, you know, he was, uh, you know, considered a guy who could beat, you know, some of the people in the top ten. So, you know, you can't, you can't come in, look like that, you know, you're gassing earlier. You know, you have to have to be fully prepared. You have to be, uh, you know, he looks like he's just in the gym a lot. You know, looking, building on uh, muscle all the time, and yeah, you know, that, that that's great. You know, you look, you look, you're good, but you know, it's not good for the fight. It's not good for yeah, a fight like that, you can't you can't come in like that. And also, on the on the trainer situation, I, I don't know if you know is Robert Kraken the man. He, he's got him to unify a champion, so you, you can't say mm. you know, suddenly after one loss he's a bad bad trainer. And I think that the, the worrying thing for me is that he he did say uh, I'm not sure how how recent that the quotes were, but him both Joshua and uh, Robert Kraken both said if if Joshua had another fight like uh, the, the Klitschko one, he, he'd retire. And you know he's just mm. had one, so you know, surely if they're making comments like that, surely they were preparing yeah. to to try and avoid that from happening, try and stop that another fight where Joshua's in sort of a war like that. Surely they they were mm. they were trying to stop that, but it doesn't look like uh, any of that sort of paid off. So is Joshua, you know, is he listening to his trainer? Is his trainer telling him the right things? You know, it, I'm not sure. He's certainly looking at him in between rounds when he was constantly asking him questions. Certainly, you know, he. he it seems like he, uh, you know, believes in his trainer. It seems like, you know, they, they, he, he relies on him for, you know, a lot of advice and stuff. And, you know, in in a big fight when it wasn't going wrong, he was asking his trainer for what he needed to do. So, you know, it, it does seem like he, you know, he respects his trainer. It's, it seems like it, it certainly worked until until that fight. Certainly, no one was questioning uh, Robert Kraken as his trainer. So, I, I don't know. I think it's up to Joshua really if he. If he still is happy with Rob McCracken, then then I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't look to to sort of force him onto another trainer just just after mm. one loss. You know, I think certainly for Ruiz is a fight he should be winning. Um, yeah. I think as long as they, you know, Rob McCracken is obviously a experienced trainer. He's a, he is obviously a good trainer. So I, I'd say stick with Rob McCracken for for this fight. And uh, as long as they make the necessary changes, as long as they prepare Joshua for. Yeah, for ready to, to fight twelve rounds if necessary. Hopefully, you know it's not in, in this case, but you know he needs to be ready if uh, twelve rounds are needed. Needs to be ready for that. And yeah, as, as long as that happens, as long as they work on yeah the, the, the his uh, defense as 
as you said, I think that's obviously a massive problem for him. Be- being a problem, uh, you know, throughout his career, certainly in some of the last few fights where he's, you know, has been uh, troubled. And I think someone like Deontay Wilder would, you know, would, would, would target him massively. You know, he looks a bit, bit chinny, maybe you could say, and that has to improve. So, <clears throat> but for, for, for the Reese fight, I think stick with Rob McCracken and, you know, just try and make those necessary changes and let's see how that goes. And if, if he wins and looks good, then great. If he, you know, if he, even if he wins and, and doesn't look great, if he wins a, a war or something on, on points or, you know, a late knockout when he's been knocked down or something, then I think still changes will need to be made because, you know, the, the only way I can see that, you know, Robert Kraken proves that he's sort of the right man to be his trainer is if Joshua, you know, knocks, knocks Ruiz out early. That's, that's really what he's got to do. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk a little bit about the sort of reaction to the defeat um, from uh, the fans because I remember a few years ago when AJ secured that dramatic sort of famous win against Vladimir Klitschko at Wembley Stadium. AJ was sort of uh, the superstar of boxing, um, uh, yeah. sporting superstar. And it seems as if that over the last couple of years has changed a little bit and a few people are almost pleased to see him brought down a peg or two maybe um, by suffering defeat against Andy Ruiz. Um, what do you think of that? Is it, do you think it's down to, I mean, is it down to AJ? Is it down to Hearn? Is it down to just the fact that I think, you know, British sporting fans mm. prefer an on, underdog to somebody who actually wins? What, 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 what do you reckon over the last, because people have talked about the post-Klitschko decline and we'll talk a little bit about his fight since, but certainly in terms of popularity, I feel it's, it's not quite, he's not quite kept that, uh, momentum going from the Klitschko fight is, you know, I know he sold big, big numbers mm. and, and he's still popular amongst the casual fans, but maybe the people within boxing uh, are actually sort of quite happy to see him lose, uh, a few of them anyway, um, after the Ruiz fight. Yeah, I, mean, I think part of it has to be to do with Eddie Hearn because Eddie Hearn is sort of a pantomime villain, isn't he? You know, you, mm. A lot of people, a lot of the hardcore boxing fans hate Eddie Hearn, hate Matchroom. I think simply that, that part of the reason for that is just because they appeal to casual fans and what the hardcore fans, a lot of them feel like, you know, they, they just don't like casual fans. They see these sort of guys who rock up to an AJ fight once a year and, you know, only know uh, a handful of boxers and, they, and they, they don't seem to like them. Whereas, you know, I, I, don't, I don't quite get that because casual fans are the majority of the audience. You know, there's, there's a lot more casual fans than, uh, than hardcore fans, certainly. I think, <laughs> but I think, I don't know. It, Joshua, uh, what's your what's your saying. opinion on Joshua? What's your opinion? What, like, what, what, I mean, I mean, are you still an AJ fan even after this defeat? I mean, yes, yeah, certainly. I think, yeah, I think, uh, just one defeat doesn't uh, doesn't change change my opinion of, of Joshua in terms of you know. I think he's a nice guy. I think he he certainly is, is determined to reach the top. He, he seems like he uh, you know he still believes he, he can can reach the top. And I think I, I can understand why sort of popularity has gone down because people have seen. Certainly after the Parker fight, it was thought, right, after that, he's unified the title. You know, he's got three world titles now, and then after that, it should be onto the Wilder fight. That never happened. And I can see why people are thinking, you know, a lot of people blame Joshua for that. Um, I think mean, a lot of people blame Joshua for that without really knowing uh, anything about Wilder, really. But, uh, I think it'd be, you know, it only takes a bit of research to see that certainly there's, there's problems with both. You know, there's faults on both, uh, both sides for why that yeah. fight didn't happen. And, you know, you can blame... You can arguably blame one as one side as much as the other, I think. But uh, yeah, I think that's certainly a lot of the the reason is that Joshua is seen to be sort of fighting, you know, a lot of like ducking Wilder and ducking Fury and fighting people like Andy Ruiz. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, 
yeah, certainly the hardcore fans felt that that was, that that was what was going on. I think even some of the casual fans were starting to get frustrated that uh, yeah, Joshua wasn't fighting these uh, the top names. And mm. I think that, that's got to be uh, part of the reason why his popularity has declined. But I, I think, I don't know, you know maybe this loss is, is good for, for that as well. Because you know, if, if he comes back from this loss to, to become undisputed champion, let's say he did manage to do that. It seems a long way off at the moment, but if he did, then that would go, go down as one of the sort of greatest boxing comeback stories in quite a while, I think, coming back from being knocked down four times in the fight to become undisputed champion. So if he managed to do that, I think his popularity would, would rise again. But certainly it does feel like his, he, he, you know, after the Klitschko fight, he was sort of the face of boxing, the face of sport, really, in mm. British sport. And now that isn't the case anymore, I don't think. Mm. But yeah. it, it could be again. Well, he hasn't really put in a, a, a sort of stunning, scintillating no. performance since, really, has he? You know, a, a real uh, showreel performance since since no. Klitschko, really, has he? I mean, why do you think that is? I mean, of course, he's had a few fights, um, a few fights since then. Um, Takam, jo- uh, Parker, uh, Povetkin, and he was hurt actually against Povetkin, mm. and uh, a few people sort of were a little bit worried, maybe that. Um, you know, there's a few concerns there, but he also obviously came through in the end um, with a seventh round knockout um, of, uh, of, of Povetkin. Um, but, but what do you think um, about his sort of post-Klitschko decline? Where do you think it's gone wrong? Is it is it the fact he's fallen into this sort of celebrity lifestyle? He's sort of appearing on chat shows. He's on sort of every advert going, it seems. Um, do you think that's maybe distracted him a little bit from, from being, you know, a world champion heavyweight boxer? Do you think, do you think he's sort of now part-time boxer, part-time celebrity, because that's e- that's an easy track to fall into, isn't it? Yeah, I think it can't be good for his career that he's just doing sort of ad- advertisement, you know, ad-, ad campaigns and you know, being on, you know, appearing on TV all the time, on chat shows and things like that. Can't be, uh, can't be really help his career, I don't think, in terms of purely uh, the, the boxing side of things. But I don't think it's, I don't think you can really use that as sort of an excuse for... No. But for certainly the, the loss or anything like that, I think it might not help. But I don't think it really really hinders him that much. I think more so the sort of the reason for his is the sort of decline since Klitschko in terms of both his you know, popularity and his sort of in in ring is more just the fact that I think he uh, maybe believes his own hype a little bit. You know, maybe he sort of yeah. he, he believed that he was uh, as good. You know, Eddie Hearn constantly, of course, he, you know, he's his promoter. No. Uh, not having a go at Eddie Hearn for, for hyping him up, but as he, he, he you know that's what that's his job. But you know Joshua may well have just sort of believed that a bit too much and believed that he was already at the level. You know, believed mm-hmm. that almost he was already sort of the undisputed champion because you know he was being told all the time, "Oh, you beat Wilder easy." You know, we all backing you to beat Wilder, and he sort of believed that you know he'd almost achieved that, and it was like you know he'd I think that that made that sort of came across in the Ruiz fight because. Andy Ruiz is no mug, and he's he's gone in there almost looking like he just thinks it's going to be an easy night. Not fully prepared, and you know he's come up, uh, he's come stuck, and you know I think it's that, that's got to be part of the reason. You know that he just believes his own hype, and he just thinks you know he, he's better than he is. He, obviously, he's a he's a world he was was a unified world champion. You know, he's a, there's no doubting his ability, but he, he's certainly got a long way to go. He's got. Uh, he's only had was it twenty, twenty-two fights now, and he, uh, he he's still relatively early in his career in terms of 
professional fights. He's already had a lot of tough fights. But you know, just because he's he's beaten guys like Klitschko, uh, he, he still needs to improve. He still needs to be working on on improving. And even though he says he's doing that, I, I'm not sure quite how how much he is. You know, maybe he needs uh, one of the the sort of Wilder or Fury fights. Maybe that's that's what he needs. Maybe we'd see the best of Joshua in one of those fights. Maybe that's the sort of fight that would really motivate him to, you know, get up and, and you know, do do the put the hard, hard work in. I'm not saying he doesn't do that, but I think he needs to needs to do more and, and certainly less of the sort of bring on Chacho and things like that. You know, just just take a step back from that. You know, thankfully now after his loss, that will be the case. You know, he's not going to be as in, in demand to be on sort of these shows and stuff. So I don't think we're going to see him on TV quite as much for a while. And, that might be good for his career, just to take a step back and just focus on purely focus on boxing now, and mm. uh, and until the rematch. Yeah, I mean it's going to be a fascinating few months to see uh, in, in sort of in the build up to this rematch, possibly at the end of this year, um, and of course it's going to be a big fight, possibly in the UK, uh, between Andy Ruiz Jr. and Anthony Joshua for the rematch. Um, we're going to move on now. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the undercard. We've been banging on about AJ Ruiz for yeah. well for quite a while now. So we're going to move on to the undercard. And I've got to say, you know, in the build up to this uh, to this fight, I wasn't particularly impressed with the undercard on yeah. paper. But it turned out to be a pretty entertaining night of boxing by all accounts. Um, of course, Callum Smith. Uh, let's 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 talk about him first. Um, he retained. Uh, his uh, titles um, at super middleweight uh, with a pretty emphatic victory over Hassan and Dam. Um, what did you make of his performance? I mean, again, again, it's there's always going to be. Um, you can always argue that it's only Hassan and Dam, but it was a pretty decent return to the ring, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think the opponent was was too bad an opponent considering he, he hasn't fought since September, and I think he, he looked really good. He uh, certainly for me is the, the best super middleweight in the world. Uh, how he makes super middleweight, I'm not quite sure because he looks like almost a, a cruiserweight to be honest. And, but somehow he does, and he's, he looked really good against Hassan and Dam. But it, it was only Hassan and Dam, as you said. But he, he still looked really good, and I, I just hope there's going to be a big fight for him later this year. Eddie Hearn said he's he's going to fight twice more this year, so hopefully the the second one of those, his third fight of the year, will be uh, one of the big ones, maybe a unification or, or something like that, because. I certainly think he's good enough to to win the big fight. Mm, mm. It will be interesting to see what happens for him because his career next has stalled a little bit since his victory over George Groves in Jeddah. Um, he hasn't quite, as I said, kept that momentum going uh, since that big victory. Um, he says he's targeting Canelo and Anfield. I mean, that's not going to happen, is it? I mean, why would Canelo come over to Liverpool? He's going to be fighting Triple G uh, in the third fifth, this trilogy fight. You know, that's just you know, and, and maybe a few of the options possibly a shut off for him. I don't know. I don't really know what his, his options are. Um, Billy Joe Saunders, possibly Chris Eubank. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think he's too big for those guys. Maybe move up and move up in weight, as you say. He's a big guy for for this weight. Um, and maybe there are a few more options, uh, light heavy, um, for him yeah. to, to to explore. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not too much more to say on that. It was a pretty uh, same. Uh, brief appearance and a brief return to the yeah. ring because he got him out of there quite quickly as I think most people were expecting um, but there were some definitely more entertaining fights on that card uh, one of them involved Katie Taylor in the uh, undisputed lightweight fight against uh, Delphine Pursun. Um and again a controversial decision um, what what did you score that? I mean again I think Katie Taylor obviously got the decision uh, yeah uh, but what were you scoring that? I mean, a few people had it a draw, a few people had it as a, well, I saw quite a few people have it as a pursuing win. 
Uh, what were you scoring that fight? Yeah, I think I had Pursuit up by at least three rounds, I think. She uh, she really impressed me. I, I didn't really know anything about her. You look at her, her record, she's, she's won a lot of fights, but I think all, all but one or something were, were in, in Belgium, took place in Belgium, which mm. would, would suggest that you know a lot of those opponents were, were not of a particularly high standard. But yeah, she looked really good. And Katie Taylor, someone who, whenever I've seen her before, you know, she seems to just be, be schooling everyone for... for well, uh, ten rounds, you know, seems to be doesn't seem didn't seem like there was anyone who's really uh, caused any sort of trouble in her professional career so far. But her soon, you know, caused her a lot of trouble, and this was the first time we'd really seen Kate Taylor in a tough fight. And I have to be honest, she didn't look very good. Uh, I don't know yeah. if there was something. You know, we talked talked about maybe Joshua. There's something wrong for him. I don't know if there was maybe something wrong for for Kate Taylor because she she just didn't look her normal self, and a lot of people, a lot of the pundits were, were saying that as well. You know, just didn't look like she. Uh, mm. She seemed to gas after just a few rounds, and it was almost as if she, she wasn't uh, expecting Pursuit to, to to be this good. It was almost like she just yeah. thought it would be another sort of routine night, and didn't turn out like that. I thought, you know, Pursuit. She, she stormed out of the ring at the end, and I don't blame her to be honest, because it was, uh, in my opinion, it was uh, a robbery. I thought, and hopefully that the rematch will happen. Uh, Kate Taylor seemed to, to be open to that to sort of write the. That the wrong and make sure that she uh, she shows that she is better than Persoon. But yeah, I don't know how that will go because Persoon, to, to me, looked very good. Mm, yeah, I mean, again, I think maybe Kate Taylor got a bit used to routine victories. Mm. Basically, all of her fights have been really. Um, as I say, within women's boxing, I'm, I'm open to women's boxing growing and developing. Um, but there is there is a, a, a toughness because I, I rate Kate, I think Kate Taylor is very talented, but struggle really to find her many competitive fights yeah. um there haven't been many out there this was certainly one of them probably one of the best women's boxing matches i've seen really exactly. um and yeah i mean uh Pursun, part-time police officer for most for mostly out of belgium um i don't think yeah i don't think katie Taylor was really expecting too much from her and um and she she really delivered and turned up and mm. uh, you've got to you've got to feel for her really with, with that decision um i think it was a a dreadful decision. I think a draw at best, really, for Taylor. I, I, I can't see how anyone can give the victory to her on the basis of that of that fight. And uh, I think a rematch definitely will be in the offing. I think I think Taylor as well. I think Taylor was, won't be happy with people thinking she doesn't deserve the yeah. belts. I think she'll want to to really become properly undisputed. You know, because there is a yeah. bit of dispute whether she yeah. won that last fight. So she won't really want to become undisputed. And uh, I think that rematch, you never know, it could be on the same card. Um, as the Joshua Ruiz yeah, uh, rematch, and another one that could be on there, I suppose, is uh, is Josh Kelly against mm -hmm. Ray Robinson because Kelly did not get the result he wanted. Uh, it was a, a majority draw um, against Ray Robinson, and probably his first big step up. Uh, of course, a, a, a very decent prospect coming out of the UK and the northeast of England. What did you make of his performance? Um, because I've got to be honest, his last two fights, I think he's shown certain vulnerabilities. Yeah, definitely. I think. He needs to to change his style completely. He seems to be going into fights, you know, looking to. to, to he does all the showboating, and it just mm. it just doesn't work. I just, against uh, if he was fighting a world level uh, opponent, they would knock him out, you know, within a few rounds because he just he's constantly getting caught on the ropes with his hands down, and he can't do that in boxing, especially against even against some guy like uh, like Robinson, who is is not certainly not world level. He's he's just a bit below that, you'd say, and. I think Josh Kelly, he just he just has to has to change change everything. You know, is is Adam Booth the right man uh, to, to train him? I'm not sure. Mm. Adam Booth, you know, people in boxing say he's a, a good trainer, but 
you know, I'm not sure how he hasn't, uh, either Josh Kelly's not listening to him or, or Adam Booth just for some reason hasn't picked up on the fact that, you know, Josh Kelly is just constantly showboating in fights and it's not working. You know, it, it doesn't, doesn't look clever. You know, it's not impressing anyone when you're getting caught on, on the ropes with your hands down. It just, just it's just going to lose your fights. And, you know, he's, he's lucky he hasn't fought anyone uh, with real, you know, knockout power or anything because, you know, he would... He would have been knocked up when he would have been stopped in a fight if he was fighting, uh, you know, a better, better level of opponent. But I thought it was also an odd, an odd sort of fight to make because Robinson, you look at his record and he, and he does have a, a few good, good wins on there. And he's the first mm-hmm. southpaw of Kelly's career. And, you know, for, for sort of his US debut or whatever, it, it did seem like an odd choice because it was a, a tough fight for Kelly. But if he won that fight, would it have really meant all that much? You know, people would have just criticised the opponent and said he needed to step up if, he, if he'd won the fight. But so, so I don't see how, you know, it's sort of a lose-lose situation. You know, if he wins, he gets no credit. I mean, he, he loses it or obviously drew the fight, but, you know, he, he then gets slaughtered. And mm. It just doesn't seem to me like it was a, a great choice of opponent for him. Mm, yeah, what did you make of the scorecards? I mean, one judge scored it 96-95 in favour of Kelly, the other mm. two... Uh, couldn't decide, and it was 95-95. Um, what did you make of the scorecards? Because I saw a few people, and myself included, I think maybe Robinson might have edged that fight, um, but no, none of the judges gave the victory to him. What did you make of the scorecards? Um, I mean, I think you couldn't sort of make an argument for, for both uh, to have won the fight. I, I certainly think if you had to, to, to go of one, if you had to push me to go of one, I would say, obviously, Robinson, I think, by maybe one round. But really, I, I did think a draw was a fair result, to be honest. I thought... You know, that they were certainly early on in the fight, Kelly uh, dom- was dominating the early rounds, but then Robinson, you know, the second half of the fight, it was all really all Robinson. And Kelly was just getting caught all the time. So, yeah, I think for me, a draw was, was not in any way a robbery or anything like that. I think it was a fair result. I know Kelly's been saying, you know, he's watched the fight back and he believes he won, but I suppose mm-hmm. he would say that. And sure, yeah. Robinson thinks he won as well. But for me, a, a draw was a fair result, fair enough. Yeah, I mean that's the concern really that Kelly doesn't really seem to realise there's maybe yeah. there's, there's there's things to improve on, things to work yeah. on. He's not quite uh, the perfect uh, complete fighter just no. yet. I mean, I, th- I still think he's got a, uh, definitely raw ability, oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely potential. I say he's a prospect. I mean, it's a draw. Um, if if he can learn from this draw, he can learn from this sort of quite tough night, then um, he could come back stronger. Um, and also, of course, uh, making their US debut again. Not much really to talk about this one. There's Josh Bowatsi. Um, what, what did you make of his fight? I mean, again, it was relatively straightforward as people were expecting. Uh, wasn't quite as, um, let's say, scintillating and uh, impressive as he has been in, in a few other fights that I've seen him. But he got the he got the job done, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was against an opponent who hadn't fought for, for two years. I don't think. And yeah, that was had, weird. Had, had, yeah, and but had said in in the build up to the fight that he thought uh, Buatzi was uh, technically very poor, which. Uh, Seemed like an odd assessment to make because, if anything, Grassley seems like one of the, the the more technical fighters out there. He seemed, you know, technically he seems very good to me. So I'm not sure what uh, what his opponent had been watching of him in, uh, hmm. you know, when he was uh, in, in the up to the fight because I, I didn't understand that comment at all. But and certainly he came into the fight, you know, his opponent just just sort of looking to, I think, go a few rounds and not really didn't really look like he was trying to win the fight. Obviously, uh, it's, always, it's always tough against uh, guys like that to uh, to look good against them. But Barazzi uh, got the job done. Nothing, nothing really to write home about. But I think onto bigger things. Hopefully for him, you know, there's there's uh, talk of him. I think headlining. Uh, I think it's uh, Eddie Hearn's uh, 
Manchester arena card, which uh, features a, a Coley and uh, Fitzgerald, I think. Mm, is that July 6th? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, I think Boatsy, uh is supposed to be the uh, the headline fight on that card. So hopefully, presuming uh, he is, it, it will be uh, a, a big name opponent, hopefully. And yeah, it'd be, be good to see him make a step up because for me, I think he's probably, he's certainly probably one of my favourite fights at the moment, certainly one of the, the best prospects mm. in the world, I think. And uh, everyone seems to believe he can go on to to win a world title so you know let's see him in there making a big step up and let's see how he does yeah i don't disagree with anything you said there um let's round up the conversation with uh the the rest of the undercard and that of course um contained tommy coyle against chris algeria it was a brave effort from coyle wasn't it but he didn't quite have enough and was pulled out by trainer jamie moore um what did you make of that was it was it was it again i think it was sort of um went along the lines of how most people are expecting yeah uh brave effort gave it all but not quite enough yeah uh you know respect to tommy Cole. He, he put in a, a great effort in that fight and he did uh win some rounds he did uh you saw you saw uh, algeria's face at the end of that fight you know you could tell that they'd, they'd both been in a war and it was a very entertaining fight for as long as it went on for but yeah, the, the trainer made absolutely the right decision to, to stop the fight. Obviously, Tom Coyle was uh, was very angry when it got stopped. But I've seen him, you know, since then on, on social media, he's posted saying he, he totally understands why the fight was stopped. And yeah, I mean, it, it was uh, it was a great example, I think, of a trainer, you know, making a, a tough decision that no trainer really wants to make, but a, a right decision that, you know, making uh, uh, so many times in fights we see... Uh, Fighters getting absolutely destroyed, and the trainer just you know seems to any yeah. sort of interest in you know calling halts of proceedings. Where whereas here we saw you know potentially the fight could have you could have let the fight go on. Tommy Curl would probably have ended up being you know stopped by by the, the ref, but he made the right decision for his fighter to to say you know you're, you're going to lose this fight. Let's just stop it now. You know, you've been hurt enough. You you put on a show for everyone. You but, but you know it's it's just the right time to, to put an end to it and. Yeah, I, I think respect to him, but Chris Algieri is just uh, uh, a level above him. I think you know, Chris Algieri certainly is not uh, not. A, I don't think he's sort of world level anymore or anything like that. But he is uh, certainly, uh, I think, a few levels above Tommy Cole. Mm, yeah, I mean, overall, I think an entertaining card. I mean, I hold hands up. I, I wasn't sure before. I, I didn't see uh, many of those fights being overly competitive. But no, good good night of boxing, and of course. Uh, the main event wasn't bad either. Um, let's uh, let's move on to any other business. And of course, um, we've got uh, a big fight coming up. It's the return of Gennady Golovkin uh, this coming Saturday, I believe, um, against Steve Rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, people are talking about um, Joshua's defeat to Ruiz being the upset of the year. I mean, if Steve Rolls could get a, a victory against Golovkin, surely that would that would better it, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Golovkin is undoubtedly you know, a more more seasoned fighter than uh, than Joshua, he's more experienced fighter. I think if Steve Rolls were to 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 roll him over, if you want to say that, um, I think that would be. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, that would be one of the the biggest upsets. Well, people are talking about Joshua being one of the biggest upsets of all time, but I think this would be we up there with with potentially you know, Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson is yeah, I don't you know, the, the biggest of all time. But uh, I can't see it happening. I think you know Steve Rolls has been put in there as sort of a. A guy, you know, he's unbeaten. He's, I think he's, you know, eighteen and zero or something, and he's, you know, he, he's he's got a good record. So, you know, that that's really the only uh, only reason he's been chosen, I think, because he's clearly not on the same level as uh, as Golovkin. He's just, you know, he's got the, a decent record, so it, you know, he, the fight can be sold to sort of casual fans who think, oh, Golovkin might be in for, for a tough night here. But in reality, I think 
it's, it's going to be very easy work for him. And obviously, it's just really uh, to, to showcase him his first fight on the zone before <clears throat> the, the fight that uh, seems almost certain to happen, uh, the, the trilogy fight against uh, Canelo in September. Mm, mm. There just seems to be sort of this bottomless pit of fighters who build their careers out of these places, get up to sort of 18, 19, 0, and then manage to, um, manage to get fights against yeah. Golovkin, it seems. But I think Steve Rolls will... Um, We'll find this a tough ask to uh, to be able to come through. Uh, I think it'll be a tough ask for him to even win a round, to be honest, uh, in this one, without being disrespectful. I'm not sure he's quite on the level of Golovkin. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. We've seen a big shock um, this weekend just gone. Maybe we can see another one. Um, but that just about wraps it up for this week's episode of Down for the Count. Uh, my thanks to Harry for joining me again. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can, uh, if next uh, the next podcast uh has sort of bigger talking points than what we've had today but uh if you do want to um, make sure um you see the next episode of the podcast follow us on twitter at d4tc boxing this has been down for the count and we'll see you again for another episode very very soon